I'm Patrick Chavis, and you are listening to LA Fear Bites, and I am here with Lori, and she's the creator of Welcome to Metal Lark Falls, Christmas at Home, and this is an immersive postal play premiering this December, inspired by and partially spoofing those cozy and cute romantic holiday movies we love so much, um, and it's told entirely through the U.S. Postal Service with multimedia editions that tell the story of Jenny Snow and the, holiday, and the holiday festival. You, as the audience, are part of the story and get to correspond with our hero as the story unfolds over several mailings. So, hey, thank you for coming on, uh, Lori. And um, I mean, we're, this is, I, I saw the uh, press release for this and it just, oh my gosh, I'd never heard of this before. Um, I know that uh, you Great. guys are, do such uh, creative things when it comes to immersive theater. And this is just an, another new, style of immersive theater and um i'm so curious um how did you come up with this idea and um and i mean who who thinks of this kind of stuff theater, <laughs> theater through like a very the traditional male um the old school male style yeah thank thanks you thank you guys for having me on um this is Lori, and yeah it's um <clears throat> i think that uh being a creator in the immersive theater community is very difficult right now. And we're all kind of um, trying to find new ways to reach out to audiences and really connect with them. And, and I think that with a lot of theatrical formats, the immersive format is the one that wants to connect the most. And it's, it's, um, we're also detached and it's a, it's a real big challenge to figure out how can we connect with people who are at home. And a lot of creators are reaching into the digital realm, into virtual reality. Um, and and some like me, I, I I I have a computer. I'm on it now, but I love things that are analog. I love the written word. I love um, hand embellishment and and the the heart that goes into those kinds of things. I'm an artist at heart, and so um, having something mailed to you is very very charming. And I thought it it really suited this kind of a story. And I think that the people who like these kinds of stories would appreciate getting some really lovely mail. I kind of just want to uh, step back and kind of figure out the genesis of this. So sure. did, the, did the, the concept of mail come first or was there, did this, or was there story first? What, how, did it, yeah. how did it progress? Uh, well, last year, uh, the group that is putting on Christmas at Home, we did a workshop of a version of this story called The Very Merry Cookie Contest. And it was the same characters in the same world, um, except this was an in-person experience. And... People got to bake cookies with Jenny and help her win the contest and help her fall in love maybe and maybe fall in love themselves. And it was very cute, very charming. We did a few, a handful of workshops. We have a few audience members, got some great feedback and we were ready to do the show this year. And then everything kind of went in the toilet um, as well as everything else. <laughs> yeah. So we had to um, switch gears and kind of figure out like, I didn't want the story to die. I really love this world and these characters. I think they're really... Just, just like I said, they're charming. They speak to my the little hallmark in my heart that wants to have be in this world and exist in this cute small town where nothing goes wrong. Uh, and um, so we had to, yeah, we had to shift gears and kind of try and figure out well, how can we bring the story to people. And so the postal aspect of it came later. It's our very hope, our fingers crossed that we can bring the in-person live experience back um to audiences but we will see so you, you've said we several times there i'm just curious how many people are actually involved in this 
presentation, this performance right now that you're we're talking about? We have a, a core group of, of folks that have been working with me. Um, I would say that like I, I was sort of the spark that, that instigated the project. I'm the writer and producer. Um, my director, Chelsea Sutton, my um, production manager, Alexis Robles, we have all collaborated together before with the Rogue Artists Ensemble. It's a, it's a real um, family kind of feeling organization over there. And so we, we just uh, work really well together. And so we, we called upon, I called upon those folks. And then we got some more people who've work, worked with the Rogue before to be our performers. And they're the same group as the workshop. So that's kind of where the we comes in. This seems like such a loose style of uh, theater with, with, the, with the male subjects and stuff like that. So like, I'm guessing the role of the director because of how this has changed is different than it would traditionally be. Um, from, what you, from what you've seen, has the role of the director changed quite a bit with this style of play? I think that the where Chelsea comes into the picture is um, kind of like as a sounding board for me and kind of seeing the overarching story. How are we telling the story? Does it make sense from from envelope to envelope? Where do these link together? Is there like the most effective emotional context between these things? Are we answering the questions we're asking? Um, but also there there are video components to this to this piece and there's a really lovely um, audio walk. You can go on a little walk with Jenny as she figures out her problems. And um, those definitely needed a, a director's uh, eyes and brain to kind of look at how can we tell this kind of story. And, and we did have remote actors. The actors are, are in their little rooms and in their little boxes and, and directing for that kind of format is just a whole thing in itself. And I'm so glad to have her on board helping me with that. I, um, as much as COVID is awful, uh, what, what, what seems interesting is it's making you stretch your creativity to keep, to keep existing. And I think there's, that's something that's kind of positive. And it makes me think, would, after COVID's done, would you want to try and attempt something like this? I think that um, having the in-person performances is really integral to um, to kind of speaking to what I feel like when I watch these movies, I want to be in them. And it's, it's, there is a division between getting something in the mail and being in person and, yeah. and the charm of kind of having this film set unfold in front of you. I mean, pre COVID we had real big plans of like a huge town and, and characters walking around and, you know, we have to scale back, I'm sure. Um, for next year that nothing big can happen. But I think that the, the beauty of the postal play type storytelling um, is that we can reach a much wider audience. And I think that there's, there's a kind of a pacing to it that's different than a 90 minute theater experience. You get to sit with the story for a little bit while your next package comes. Um, in this story, you get to uh, write back to Jenny, so you get to kind of take some time and formulate your thought, like, what, are, what am I going to, how am I going to answer her question? So there's, a, there's much more breath in between the moments, which is, has its own beauty and charm. But I think, yeah, I think ultimately the benefit to the postal experience is, is reaching more people. Well, that's what I wanted to ask, given that, you know, the audience in this case is interacting with you and writing back their own letters, how responsive are you? to their words and what they're saying? How much do you integrate their perspectives into the story as it continues? 
there's going to be a couple moments of direct uh, response to to the cards that come in and we are somewhat at the mercy of the USPS but I have faith in the USPS and I know that they're the cards will come back to me timely um, and if we aren't able to incorporate them and directly reply there is a, a moment at the very end of, of the storytelling where some of these um, these thoughts and, and suggestions will come out and and be um, shared with with the group of people who get this this piece so there, there are a few moments of being able to directly reply um, but not everything's going to get a direct reply the way that the the shipping is working it's definitely a tricky thing to figure out <laughs> and so you know there there are some um, postal experiences like like this that take place over a year and you you really have like a lot of time to communicate with someone um, this is a much faster turnaround. Um, so like, uh, at least for like, you know, Netflix and all those kind of stuff lately. Uh, and that's not even lately. It's like the last maybe, I don't know. I don't know how long it's been really become thing, but these, the, the holiday movies that don't necessarily, they don't really have to be that good. They just have to be, but they're just expected to be extra cheesy. And, you know, we kind of forgive them. We kind of forgive them for that. But it's fun to watch these bad movies. You would typically say this is a bad movie, but you're like, it's not. They're not but, bad. But you're, but you're, but you're like, <laughs> but you're, but you're, but you're, but you're like, I, I want to say this is bad, but I, but I'm laughing. Yeah. I'm having a good time. I, I really do. You know, so it's hard. To, it's hard. To, it's really hard to say. I was what I wanted to say. Do you feel like what what you're doing here falls into the same category? Okay, but there's a difference. There are many different. Bad and cheesy, mm -hmm. or like. Yeah, I just, say, I just want to say that. Absolutely. I think that there's a, a, a few um, select uh, Netflix ones. I think it's, oh God, the one where she's weird country and she's like a New Yorker. I can't remember what it's called, but it's definitely like heavy handed with this like, uh, no, but that one too. That, let's not forget the Princess no, Switch. The, the new one, one. Princess Switch the, 2 princess has triplets. Yes. <laughs> yes um, but my, my, my thought on that is that I think that there are some films that understand that there is this like sort of trope of the, I'm just gonna call it Hallmark Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. um, and there's that sort of things. But I think that like the, the beauty of these kinds of movies, Hallmark Lifetime, the kind of more original version of this genre is that they are like ultimately the most comforting thing. You know exactly what's gonna happen at the end of the movie in the first like 90 seconds. Like, you know what's going to happen. They get right in and they get right out. And so it's, you can almost like fall asleep watching them and wake up. It's another movie and you don't even know that it's a different movie. <laughs> and I, I love, I love yeah, that yeah. comforting aspect of it. And I think that that's um, really what people crave at more so now than ever. But this idea of like, like just safety and comfort and yes. something really cozy. And you can watch a bunch of people who have, you know the magic of Christmas for some reason Santa shows up and all of a sudden they just they just have a lot of money and they can wear their fancy boots in the snow and no one ever falls down <laughs> and yeah, there's yeah. hot chocolate flowing in the streets and we just go okay I believe this <laughs> yes, this, yes, is, this, this is this is this is real this and, is real and yes. all of the and all of the prince's employees are just thrilled to be there everybody is happy oh, all yes. the time but I don't want to. It's an I, honor. I, I don't. I don't want to put. I don't want to. I want to get this right though. She loves. She said, loves these movies. I don't know if you've noticed. He, she loves well, these movies. He, he she loves these them, movies. Well, Me too. I love them. <laughs> he Patrick called them bad, 
I yeah. called in a them, way. In I, a way. I, okay, he called them bad. I called them I said I che- cheesy yeah. and campy. What adjective would you use to describe these stories? Well, I think that there's always a bad movie in any genre. I'm sure that there are some that just aren't done well or they, they try and make things complicated and it doesn't need to be complicated. But I think I think cheesy's fine. I think that comfort, I mean really a guilty pleasure. It's it's I love the ones that, that are that are self-aware of it as well. That's why I kind of really actually more enjoy the sort of Netflix original ones because they know what's happening. <laughs> they understand <laughs> the genre. And actually that's that's kind of the the tone that I'm trying to bring to Metal Arc Falls and the mm-hmm. stories that are in there is this um, in the workshop, we had our quirky best friend break out in song. We had um, these magical shadow elves that would make, you know, weird Christmas magic happen around you. Mm-hmm. And I think that leaning into this idea that these are hokey, these are just cuter than than a button, and having fun with that and not taking it so seriously. And I, that's, I just, I love them. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. All right, and yeah. I, and I think you're right. That is something that we all I think could definitely benefit from right now is that feeling of security, safety, comfort, and that feeling that everything is going to be all right. Yeah, this the the Christmas at home storyline um, is is it's about Jenny's festival and her trying to save it, but it's very contemporary. It has a lot to do with you know the reason that her festival has failed is is the COVID crisis, and she's just trying to find some way to bring her whole town together. So it to me it's a lot about. Um, tradition and what tradition means to you and that it doesn't necessarily mean the thing that you've done over and over and over again. So she tries to bring cheer and joy to her town and to us as well. Thank you for coming on, Lori. Let our audience know, how can they, how can they uh, connect with you? Well, I hope that they do. It's uh, Go to our website. It's meadowlarkfalls.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as Welcome to Meadowlark Falls. Tickets are on sale now for the kit. It um, ships on about the 12th through 13th, so ticket sales end on the 11th. Uh, there are four different shippings and four different mailings. There's audio and you know, video components. All the information is explained on our website. Do you think this would be good for all ages? Yeah, I think that um, I would say if you're in the double digits, you'd be the most interested. I, I'm not sure if little, little kids would like it and littler kids might need some assistance with some of the components, but it's, it's definitely an all ages type experience.